0: Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. Our Sunday services have now moved online and you can tune in every week for worship, prayer and our weekly sermon by going to christchurchlondon.org forward slash church hyphen at home. We're now going to hear the talk from this week's Church at Home service. Hi Christchurch London, fantastic to be with you today. I want to start today with a story which I hope will not just give inspiration uh, to individuals, to many of us as individuals, but I hope will inspire us as a church right across our five locations of the sort of things uh, that God can do with a relatively small group of people. Uh, The story goes like this. There was a young man Who was out drinking with his friends one evening it became clear that the rest of the friends were only interested in uh, consuming as much alcohol as they possibly could before uh, passing out and he left them frustrated by the pointlessness of the whole thing he went home and he walked the floorboards of his bedroom praying to God and asking for more in his life than he Currently had uh, and during that time he said that he heard what he thought was an audible voice calling him to preach God's message to people and he started traveling the nation uh, a young man uh, not very well educated a cobbler by trade William Fox was his name and as he Traversed up and down our nation. He preached and communities of people started coming to faith and William Fox I guess because of his own experience of a dramatic conversion was convinced of the importance of the Holy Spirit So he would teach these communities that when they gathered together that they should wait for God's direction and they would do just that And often the meetings would start quietly and gently but they would result in the end as everyone looked to the Holy Spirit to well-adjusted normal educated people who would be literally trembling or shaking under the power of God's presence and it was this group that became known as the Quakers these were men and women who were hungry for more of the Holy Spirit in what, as we shall see, were difficult times. And we're, of course, in difficult times too. And I just want to say, right at the outset today, That we need more of the Holy Spirit too. That I can't think of anything else that will strengthen and enable us to get through these pandemic times than more of God's presence. I think also that the Holy Spirit becomes God's healing presence. And for many of us, battered and bruised by the last six months, we could do with that sort of healing. It also causes us in just the right way to stand out from others. For it is only God's people who carry his presence. The difficult times for the Quakers were just around the corner. It was a time of religious controversy, uh, mid 1600s, and they started to get not only persecuted, but imprisoned. In fact, uh, at their height, one in four of the Quakers were put in prison. That's obviously an extraordinary proportion. Just imagine if you're listening to this live in a service today, Uh, that every fourth person in this service was no longer in church, but was in prison instead. Uh, Not only that, but they were banned from education. Their children couldn't go to grammar schools, uh, and their older children couldn't go to university. There were only two at the time, Oxford and Cambridge. They were banned from them. Now, you can imagine that that mixture of imprisonment and lack of education could have snuffed out This emerging movement that was full of the spirit but it seemed to have the opposite effect imprisonment seemed to bind people together they seemed all the more determined they seemed all the more concerned caring loving one another and their lack of education meant that rather than going into academia or other roles that demanded qualifications they said okay if that door is not being opened to us, then instead we will become outstanding at business. And that is exactly what they did. Uh, Joseph Rowntree would be an example. He set up a factory in York, uh, making sweets, uh, fruit gums and fruit pastels and other confectionery. And he prospered. Not only did he prosper, but the whole city of York prospered as a result. There was employment and there was wealth. Uh, Roundtree and his uh, people started seven schools in the city in order to educate and was involved with 24 different charities. One historian says that the Quakers influence through Joseph Roundtree in York was nothing short of extraordinary. But this wasn't an exception. Huntley and Palmer's made matches. We still buy their matches today. They were based in Reading and Reading benefited in a similar way to York under these godly business people. Carr's water biscuits were made in Carlisle. They benefited too as Quakers Cadbury's were in Birmingham. Clark's were in the tiny town of Street in Somerset. Fries caused Bristol to prosper as they made fries chocolate and so on and so forth. It was an extraordinary story of people full of the spirit Came across hard times refused to be defined by those hard times But instead found ways of serving their cities so that their cities deeply benefited Now I wanted to start this way today because there were only ever Uh, In those early days, at least, 60,000 Quakers. It was a small group. One observer has famously said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has. And the Quakers are an example of that. They didn't allow difficulties to define them. I want to encourage us in these challenging times, unsure, possibly anxious about the winter that we're going into, that we're to look to them for inspiration, we're look to, to look to God for hope that we would not be defined by this pandemic any more than they were defined by imprisonment and lack of education. Rather, they found a way of blessing the nation, not only in terms of business, but also in terms of people coming to faith as well. But business was a big part of it. Uh, As they developed, it was the time that the banking industry was starting off in the UK. You know, the Quakers, small numbers though there were of them, owned at 1.74 banks. In the UK, it wasn't unusual for people to want to go to a Quaker shop or find a Quaker tradesman because they knew that the quality of work would be good and that the people would be trustworthy. What a fantastic reputation. And so these people, different maybe then than they are now, but that is so often the case with early moves of God's Spirit. These people stand not only as an inspiration but a fantastic example of the passage that we're looking at this morning as we look at this series on what it means for God's kingdom to break into our lives and into our land at this point in time. Here are some famous words of Jesus spoken in the Sermon on the Mount which of course in itself those three chapters of teaching became so deeply ingrained in our culture that many of the teachings would still be held on to by people, not even people of faith, but many people even today. Here's Jesus's words. You, he said, are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven when people heard jesus teaching this for the first time and they heard uh, metaphors like light their minds would immediately go back to the prophet isaiah isaiah was the person in the old testament who spoke about light the whole time and he put it on a big scale he said god's people are to be a light and he says this on at least three occasions to the nations and the idea behind this for isaiah is that as god's people followed him and shone so there would be prosperity that whether it was in agriculture or whether it was in business that god's people would flourish and provide employment and wealth for others as well that there would be peace amongst nations that different groups of people different ethnicities people different backgrounds and different countries would find harmony together this was all part of the light shining the economic systems would be just and fair so that the poor were able to do a day's work and get a day's worth of living out of it rather than a system that was set up only for the wealthy. Uh, Isaiah's idea was that as the light shone, it meant that the wealthy conducted themselves in such a way that the whole city would rejoice as a result rather than uh, some of the tensions uh, that we experience at present. This is vast scope stuff. Isaiah is saying that the church plays a really important role in the nation and the nations. Interestingly here, as Jesus takes this metaphor of light, he applies it much more personally. He talks about a light in a room. Well, we have all know what that's like. That's a very personal metaphor. Then he talks about a city on a hill, as if it's a local community. And between them, god is speaking through the prophet isaiah through his son jesus to say we are to be light at every level internationally nationally in our communities but also personally and that if that light doesn't shine then a nation or a community or individuals are in trouble i sometimes laugh at myself if I get out of bed in the middle of the night, maybe in a room I'm not familiar with, it's jet black and I've got to find my way without turning the light on. I wonder if someone was able to film me in that sort of setting, how strange and odd and silly I would look, sort of groping my way slowly, hoping I'm not gonna trip over anything or bump into anything. And the reality is that that is how A community or a household looks if we are not shining it is that important that if there isn't the light that comes from God's Word and God's Spirit shining onto a community they are literally groping around and they end up doing stupid things and you can say how on earth did it end up like that well the reality is because there wasn't light shining so this was Jesus was saying this is really important stuff. This is an important part of our role as followers of Jesus. He also makes it clear this is not automatic. We don't just get to worship God, hear preaching, enjoy his presence, and as a result we're shining. There's a link in this passage between shining and action. He says that when people see your good works, they will glorify your father in heaven. So this involves doing something. Uh, Shortly now, 21st of November, we have the Everything Conference coming up. We'd love you to join us, incidentally, for that. It's all online, three and a half hours. It'll be done on the Saturday morning. And we've done some pre-filming just with a couple of our guests. And I got to interview recently Governor B, award-winning rapper, author, businessman, and He was telling me a little bit about how his music career started. He was known, he is known, as a rapper who uses clean or non-explicit lyrics. He said he didn't know anyone else in the UK who was singing and writing in that sort of way when he started out. I said to him, what caused you to do it? He He said, in the playground at school, he said I would do rap battles. And he said, I would always win, but the, the phrases and the sentences that I would make up, he said, were, you know, not good. They were insulting and they were crude. And he said, my youth leader heard about it. And one day he came to me and he challenged me. And he said, you've got a real gift, but right now you're using it to tear others down. Why don't you use your gift to glorify God and to build others up. And Governor B said from that day, he decided he would use clean lyrics. And as a result, he shines, but actually to that youth leader was the light of the world in that moment. Can I ask you, is there someone that you need to challenge to be the light of the world? Maybe you feel the need of that challenge yourself Is there a risk that you need to take? I wonder how that youth leader felt before he spoke with Governor B. I wonder whether he hesitated, whether he thought maybe I'm going to lose my relationship. Well, clearly he didn't lose his relationship, but rather he got so much more and the world has got so much more as a result. Shining is not automatic. It requires that we do good deeds, that we act, that we respond to God's promptings, but the result is that people praise, people glorify God. As Jesus talks here, these are not just people in the church, people who are part of his people, but these are others looking on as well. And of course, that is what we're after, isn't it? That in all the trouble and the strife and the difficulty, what I want is I want others to see Jesus. I want others to, to glimpse him and see him for how I see him and how we see him. And to do that means learning to be light, meaning learning to be light like that relatively small group of Quakers did hundreds of years ago, as that youth leader did when he challenged Governor B. And as we're to today. What does this this mean in practice? Well, first, I want to suggest that if we're to be the light of the world, we need to be full of light. Jesus, of course, is ultimately the light of the world. He makes that very clear. So let me try and apply this two ways. Firstly, negatively, don't have darkness in your life. Darkness is where you conceal from others and from God areas of your life and things that you are doing or thinking or saying that nobody else knows about and that stops you being as effective in terms of light as you could be the way of dealing with that darkness is open your life up open it up to God maybe the most courageous thing at times is to open it up to others too be the light Of the world. So if negatively we need to avoid darkness, then positively we need to get full of light, get full of the Holy Spirit, get full of Jesus. I want to encourage you. We'll pray at the end, but I want to encourage you to do that. Secondly, where can you make a difference in your world? Most of us are never gonna be governor bees, I'm never gonna be a rapper, I'm never going to conduct the sort of stage or influence that he does. But maybe I get to be the youth leader. Maybe I get to say a few sentences to someone that sheds light. Maybe it is a smile, a word of encouragement, a way of holding myself which says something of the joy that is in my heart. Whatever it is, communicating something of light. where has God given you opportunities today or to this week to shine and will you do that? And will you pray, along with me, that we will know right across our services what it means to be the light of the world, that we would do it individually, absolutely, but that we would do it corporately as well. I want to uh, finish today Uh, By telling you about another friend of mine. Some of you heard him being interviewed at the Everything Conference a year or two uh, ago. Uh, Mark McIver is a barber. Uh, You may say, how can barbers shine in the darkness? Well, the first thing to say is that Mark is a fantastic barber. Mark has worked incredibly hard at his craft. He's become outstanding at it, and the stars love him and want to have their hair cut by him. Anthony Joshua, world heavyweight boxing champion, Stormzy, rapper. Uh, Some of the Arsenal football team would just be examples of some of Mark's clients. He uh, trades under the name Slider Cuts. And uh, you might have seen uh, Mark's face on the side of London Taxes or on billboards during last year as he fronted up a big advertising campaign. So he's very good and he's done very well. But here's what strikes me about Mark, is that he loves his community. And he's not left his community, as undoubtedly he could have done, but rather he stays deeply involved. He says that one of the things he loves about his barbershop, is that sometimes he said he's got a star in one chair he's got a drug dealer in another and someone who's unemployed in another and Mark seeks to be light to all of them I remember him telling me he said David he said I mentor drug dealers and then he paused and laughed for effect and he said I mentor them out of drugs he said I tell them I remind them of all our friends who started out in that way and it's not ended well for them And they've got this dream of a big house and all of that. He said, and I tell him, it's not going to happen. This is going to get you into trouble. Stop doing it. And he said, I keep going until they change. He mentors unemployed uh, men and women as they're in his barber's chair. And he helps them to find jobs. He's put warring gangs in the back of his shop and he's brokered peace between them. He's used what God has given him and he's using it to shine light. Now, you and I, most of us, are never gonna be barbers, and we're probably never gonna have access to the stars in the way that Mark has done, but that's not the point. All of us can learn lessons from Mark and we can apply them in our own lives. We can learn the courage. We can learn that anywhere, even a barber's shop can be a place where the light of God will shine forth. How might God use you as we think about God's calling on us to be the light of the world as individuals in each of the communities that we represent, whether it's Stockwell or Bethnal Green, whether it's Sutton, whether it's central London, or anywhere else that we get to begin services across this city. I want to pray and I want to ask that God would bless us with his spirit and I want to pray for each of us and give us an opportunity if there's darkness in your life right now I want to pray and I want to give you an opportunity to open that area to God and I want to encourage you to to after that look for an opportunity decide to open it to other men or women as well but let's pray shall we let's pray that God would raise up a new Quaker movement in our nation at this time. Men and women, full of the Holy Spirit, refusing to be defined by the troubles of their time and ready to bless their world and bless every part of their world, whether it's with faith or all sorts of other ways of making a real difference. Let's pray together. Would you join me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that Jesus is the ultimate light, that as we look at him, we learn so much. And we want to pray now that you would inhabit each of us, that you would fill each of us with your son, that we would know what it's like to be full of Jesus and therefore to shine wherever we are. I want to pray for my brothers and sisters who are watching this right now. I want to pray that you would give them courage to speak, courage to act that good deeds would abound motivated and enabled by your grace i want to pray for it for us as individuals and i want to pray for uh congregation services right across the city that we would shine and father as we pray these things we want to open our lives and ask that you would shine in the darkness And where there is darkness in different individuals' lives, I pray right now, shine on them as we decide. And I want to encourage you to consciously now open your heart and your life to your Heavenly Father. I want to pray, Lord, that you would shine as we bring our whole lives to you. I pray that your spotlight would go through every part, not just revealing, but redeeming not just showing up but bringing healing and freedom we ask for that heavenly father that we as a people would know your freedom and that that might fall out of us that may come out of us to a watching and awaiting world we thank you father for your presence remain with us now as we continue before you in jesus name amen We hope you enjoyed this talk from the Christchurch London podcast. To hear other talks or find out more about our Sunday services, head to christchurchlondon.org.